Hi, everybody. I'm Steve Kenyon. Welcome to the Steve Kenyon Podcast. This is episode number nine. Now, if you were listening last week, I know I said episode number seven. We did two shows last week. We've done two shows one other time. And uh, so we're counting it down to episode number 10. This is episode number nine. Trust me, I went back and I did the math. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks for all the support. Our numbers get bigger every week, and I love seeing that, and I appreciate all the folks that are uh, telling us they like to listen and enjoy what we're doing. Uh, Rory Lemmel will join us coming up. We'll talk about Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and the big Governor's Cup rodeo that is going to happen September 28th, 29th, and 30th next week, the last three days of the regular season in pro rodeo. And we'll talk about a big event that uh, is happening in South Texas, Big Phillip Ranch Horse Sale. I'm, I'm really interested in the horse market and what has happened with uh, horses over the last three or four years. When COVID hit, I thought the horse market was going to go in the tank, and it did exactly the opposite. And John and Shane Phillip will join us and talk about that. That's October the 7th in Bryan, Texas. I want to start by looking back on a couple of the highlights of the Pendleton Roundup, which just came to an end. Leighton Green. Got on the horse, I guess everybody wants to have in the short round of Pendleton, Black Tie, the Wade Sankey horse that is uh, now the horse they've won Pendleton on the last two years. You remember Colby Wanchuk two years ago? Probably helped the Black Tie win the Horse of the Year Award in 2022. I'm not going to predict, but don't be surprised if it happens again in 2023. That horse has been awesome all year. 90 and a half for Leighton Green to win the Pendleton Roundup in the saddle bronc riding. And I had a chance to catch up with Leighton and ask him about getting on the black tie. Yeah, he is. I think that, uh, that horse is almost the one to have anywhere. Um, you know, he's been one horse the world last year. He's going to give you a chance to win first every time if you if you do your job. Um, he's got a real good chance of being the Saddle Bronc of the Year again. I'm not going to make you predict anything, but, boy, he's got to be in the running, doesn't he? Yeah, I wanted to think so. Um, seems like if every time they buck that horse this year, if somebody stays on him and, and makes a good ride, they're 90-plus. So um horse like that, he's dang sure got to be in the running for it. Yeah. Um, so tell me, describe that ride. How did it feel from a saddle bronc rider standpoint? Tell me about about your your final ride in Pendleton. Yeah, that horse he feels really good. Um, he's one of them that if you stub your toe, he will buck you off. But if you if you're doing things the way you're supposed to and stand back and left on your aim, he's as good as one's gonna feel. He jumps real high in there, hangs there, kicks hard, gives you lots of time. Um, and, you know, he sees that grass and he just gets a little bit, even a little better than what he usually is. He, he likes that. So it was, uh, yeah, it was. It felt really good. Which is unusual for a saddle bronc horse, unusual for a bareback horse, too. A lot of them, you could, you, could, you could see a lot of them either cutting a trail when they hit the grass or there were three or four, I thought, just really tried their hardest to avoid the grass. But, you know, black tie, he tends to buck. I, I think he'll buck on anything or at least try to. Yeah, no, 100%. There's some of them horses that see that grass, and, and it just shortens them up a little bit, and, uh, yeah, they just start bucking harder. Layton, describe um, your 2023. I think you've had a really good rodeo season. I I looked at the standings. You're in the top ten. I don't think the penalty money's on there yet. Um, how have you felt about, about the way things have gone this year? I think you've had a great year. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a really good year. I battled a few smaller injuries and and stuff like that here uh, a little later on in the year, but 
Um, I haven't rodeoed as hard this year as what I have in the past. Um, I've kind of picked and choose a little more on, on what I want to go to. Um, so that was good. It, it kind of hurt me in the tutor standings and stuff like that. Um, I turned out of some tutor rodeos and whatnot. So uh, that kind of affected things a little bit. But for the rodeos that I did go to, um, and as hard as I went, I feel like it went pretty good. Yeah. You know, and the, and the thing about it is, are you fresher now than you maybe have been in years past because of that? Is that? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, being able to come home for a few days here and there, uh, it'll keep you a little more hungry, I think. Um, you know, things weren't feeling just outstanding here a couple weeks ago, so I come home and I had two or four days at home and uh, I just, put some new boards in my saddle and, you know, just started fresh, got a couple days at home and rolled into Pendleton and, yeah, it's it, uh, you're, you're dang sure hungry to win that way. Leighton Green, number eight in the PRCA's world standings, heading into the second to the last week of the regular season, won about $7,300 in Pendleton. Cameron Mormon is a steer wrestler from North Dakota, been to the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo one time, has won a college title. He came into Pendleton 24th in the world standings, and as you're about to hear in the interview that's coming up with Cameron, winning the Pendleton roundup 4-7-4-8 on his final two steers, split the second go-round, won the short round, won the average in Pendleton really had to do that to have any chance of getting into the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. Mormon 16th in the world after the Pendleton Roundup and about $8,000 out of the top 15. Here's what Cameron Mormon had to say about winning Pendleton. No, I've, I've had a little luck, won the college finals and made the NFR once, but uh, winning Pendleton is kind of one of those bucket list rodeos that nobody really loves going to the place but everyone wants to win it because it's kind of old school very prestigious and uh it's literally like no other setup that we go to all year i watch pendleton and i think you got to have a lot of courage to bulldog steers on that grass am i right in saying that yeah i'm not sure if it's that much courage or if we're that stupid but every <laughs> year you walk out there you wonder why is that yeah, um, I understand that. Tell me about um, tell me about your your short round. Tell me about your performance there at the Pendleton Roundup. Um, in the finals, you were four eight in that setup and on that grass. That is a great time. Tell me about that last run. Uh, the last the last run, uh, I knew in order to really have a chance to still make the finals or the tour finals and Sioux Falls, either one, I pretty much had to win Pendleton. And, um, I like the steer I had. They've been six and seven on him, but it was hot out, and I had a pretty good idea if I blew the barrier out, we could catch up fast. And uh, I actually, I kind of knocked him down, just waited for him to stand up and laid him over, and they still let me be four eight. Yeah. What? Which horse were you riding, Cameron? I was riding my buckskin horse. I call Rio. I got him from Jake Reinhardt in 2019, fall of 2018. How old is Rio now? I mean, he was at the NFR a decade ago. How old's that horse? Uh, he is 18 years old this year. They've won a ton of money on that horse. He has been he's always been one of my favorites. Yeah, he's a, he's a pretty nice horse. He's getting a little older now and he's really strong when you can keep his legs fresh and that's kind of what we've been doing this year. We used him in Cheyenne. I took him to California this spring and just kind of eased him around where we needed him and I Rode him a little bit in the northwest where I needed to get my other horse break. And then uh, I kind of had him out here the whole time for Pendleton. I like the way I like the way he works. I feel like he's 
the way that horse scores and uh, can go anywhere and catch a steer on him, I feel like that those are pretty much the two biggest keys in Pendleton. Yeah. Cameron, I asked you about the tour finale and uh, or the cinch playoffs, I should say. Um, you're, you're saying your math has you coming up just a tiny little bit short. That all gets made official tomorrow. What do you have on your agenda? You're, you are not maybe in the top 15. You're certainly in the top 20, so you're still you know, kind of on the bubble. So what's, what's on your schedule for the next couple of weeks between now and September 30th? Um, I, I'm going to take it week by week. I'm, actually, I'm headed home now with my wife and my little boy and Billy Bolden, who hazed for me all year and hazed for me in Pendleton. And I'm going to leave a set of horses with Billy. And uh, I'm going to fly to Amarillo on Thursday, and then we fly to Omaha Friday night. Billy will bring horses over for us. And then uh, I'm going to fly out to California for San Bernardino and Poway on Saturday. And if I can walk up replacing Sonoma on Sunday, I will. And then I'll come back home and see how much ground I made up that week. And if I, if I get into Sioux Falls, you'll see me in Sioux Falls uh the 29th and 30th and if i don't if i feel like i i'm close enough i'll probably go to mona utah and i have one or two other rodeos i can go to if i if i uh, don't get into sioux falls steer wrestler cameron mormon from north dakota we should all get the field for sioux falls the top 12 in each event um as the week goes along and certainly by the time next thursday rolls around uh it will be crunch time for a group of ropers and riders we'll talk to rory lunnell about that coming up in a few minutes so we are into the final two weekends of pro rodeos regular season and rodeos like omaha stephenville amarillo uh the single steer roping got underway on wednesday in amarillo texas at the rodeo there all on the schedule um, over the next few days, and then obviously Sioux Falls and several other events the final weekend of Rodeo's regular season. But I thought it would be fun just to take a real quick look at the bubble. And since we just talked to Cameron Mormon, let's talk about the steer wrestling. Mormon, number 16 in the world, $73,500. He's about 8000 behind number 15, Bridger Anderson. So Cameron's got some work to do if he wants to get into that top 15. Bareback riding, an interesting Interesting story to keep an eye on. Casey Field, number 11 in the world, of course, a six-time world champion and uh, the most successful bareback rider by every objective measure in the history of pro rodeo. He has not been to 40 rodeos this year. Why does that matter? Bareback riding, saddle bronc riding, and bull riding, you have to go to 40 rodeos for any money you want in an extreme standalone event to count. Remember, Casey won a big check out of Darby, Montana in that extreme bareback riding event back in the month of June. So that money will come off of his total, putting him right on the bubble to try to get into the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. And and it uh, just kind of depends on how Casey wants to approach the last couple of weeks of the regular season. Uh, he has been, he was in the number 11 spot, but he's only been to about 20 rodeos this year. Uh, has not been to very many. Has won a ton of money um, at those rodeos that he's gone to. Uh, Taylor Broussard, number 15, he's got over $100 thousand dollars one cole franks number 16 98,264 and sam peterson number 17 but let's talk about jacob lees from idaho number 18 because he has qualified to compete at the event in sioux falls the team roping is the closest of all the bubble events this would make more sense i know if i could show it to you on a graphic but 
in the heading standings in the team roping, Cody Snow's number 14th. He's won $88,352. He is $254 ahead of number 15, Clay Smith. Clay Smith is only about $540 ahead of number 16, Dawson Graham. Coy Rallman is less than $800 out. Brenton Hall is $1,400 out. It $1,672 separate number 14 and number 18 in the PRCA in the heading with two weekends left in the regular season. The healing's close, too. Uh, number 13, Jonathan Torres, has won $89,659. And uh, from Jonathan Torres at number 13 to Dylan Graham at number 16, only about $2,100. Coleman Proctor right now, or excuse me, Cole Curry is number 14. Peyton Bray is number 15. And, uh, and as I said, then you go down to... Dylan Graham, number 16, he's $2,100 behind the man, number 13, and just a few hundred out of the top 15. Saddle Bronc riding, the rookie race right now, Ryder Sanford, that big win in Cheyenne, and then that big win in Puyallup, he's qualified for Sioux Falls. He's got 117,001. Isaac Diaz, number 15, he's got over $116,000 one. Uh, and then Q Taylor is only about $400 behind Isaac. He's got $116,069 one. Tie down roping, Zach Youngblood's number 15. He's uh, $11,000 behind number 14, Kincaid Henry. Uh, Luke Potter's got $99,275 one. He's number 16. He's only about $800 behind Zach Youngblood. In the barrel race, Summer Cozell and Sue Smith, numbers 14 and 15. And then Sue Smith is about $6,000 up on Sarah Winkleman from Minnesota in the number 16 spot. Bull riders have won a ton of money this year. Jared Parsonage is 14th in the world. He's got over $132,000 won. Cullen Telfer from Florida trying to get to his first NFR is number 15. He's got $123,000 won. Justin Woodward from South Dakota, who had that great spring and early part of the summer, uh, number two in the rookie race, number 16 in the world. He's about $6,000 behind Cullen Telfer. Justin has been riding hurt. Um, the last couple of rodeos I've seen him after he's gotten off, he looked like he was in a lot of pain. Wish Justin Woodward the very best. And then Trey Benton the third is 17th, and he's got $101,000 one. He's about uh, $22,000 out of the top 15. So let's talk real quick about the steer roping and the breakaway roping. And by the way, a big thank you to the PRCA and the single steer ropers. I will have the opportunity to be one of the announcers at the steer roping finals uh, coming up in Mulvane, Kansas, the third weekend of November, along with my friend Jody Carper. That's going to be a lot of fun. Dalton Walker enters this weekend, number 15. Clay Long, number 16. Chet Heron, number 17. Amarillo, Texas, Stephenville, Texas, holding steer roping. Amarillo's on Wednesday, Stephenville's on Thursday. And then there's one other rodeo with steer roping in Seminole, Texas this weekend. So the field should be set. The top 15 should be set by the time Monday or Tuesday of next week roll around. Um, Amarillo, Dalton Walker did not have any results. Clay Long placed in a round. I'm told Chet Heron won about $3,600 in Amarillo. So he might have moved from number 17 into the number 15 spot. In the breakaway roping, Aaron Johnson's number 15. She's won $63,000. She is about 
$1,200 ahead of Samantha Fulton, number 17, and then it's about $6,000 down from there to Madison Uthier um, in the uh, number 17 spot. So Aaron Johnson, number 15, Samantha Fulton, number 16, Madison Uthier, number 17, right now in the breakaway roping. A lot can change over the next few days, and uh, certainly that rodeo in Sioux Falls is going to have a major impact, and we'll talk about that coming up. Today's program is being sponsored by the 8 Seconds Media Store. Love it if you take a look at everything we've got to offer on our store. We've got T-shirts, we've got ball caps, we've got hoodies. You know, fall's here, winter's coming before you know it, even though it's still 90-some degrees in Texas today. Uh, but we would love it if you'd check out the 8 Seconds Media Store. Thank you to the Grand View at Las Vegas, the place we stay and have stayed for the last decade during the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. You can make room reservations and find out more about the Grand View if you log on to dailymanagementresorts.com. Thank you for joining us for the Steve Kenyon Podcast. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, Rory Wemmel joins us. We'll talk about the Governor's Cup coming to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's on the way. Hey, y'all, this is Cody Johnson. When I was starting out in music, most every radio station and venue I went to told me no. At that point, you got two options, tuck tail and quit or buckle down and fight. Well, I'm a fighter, not a quitter. And that's why I wear Wrangler jeans and shirts. Their toughness and style are legendary. They're an iconic symbol of the West, and there's no quit in them either. Life's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And if I'm going to enjoy the ride, I'm riding in Wrangler. Wrangler, long live Cowboys. New styles join our time-tested Justin Bent Rail collection. Like the rugged men and women who wear them, these boots stand for quality, integrity, tradition, and hard work. Straight from our legendary El Paso factory, our expert bootmakers build these boots with features that would make even the earliest cowboys proud. Outfit yourself today with a Bent Rail collection by Justin. Got some big news from our friends at Unbeatable Feeds. Unbeatable Feeds would like to give you an entire truckload. That is 880 bags of feed. Unbeatable forage-only blend for free. You can go to unbeatablefeeds.com slash sweepstakes giveaway for terms and conditions on how to enter. Check out the Unbeatable Feeds Facebook page. That new forage-only blend is out now, and it's doing really well. Unbeatable Feeds are online at unbeatablefeeds.com. September 28th, 29th, and 30th, the final three days of Pro Rodeo's regular season. Sioux Falls, South Dakota is hosting a brand-new rodeo that will pay out over a million dollars. Twelve contestants, the top four from Puyala plus the top eight from the PRCA Playoff Series standings will be competing. If you win everything you can win, you could win $45,000. Rory Lummel's the guy that's producing the Governor's Cup in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And I caught up with Rory Lummel to talk to him about what's about to happen in Sioux Falls. Here's more with Rory Lummel. Rory, welcome. And, and such, such a pleasure to talk to you. I know you're swamped right now, so thanks for taking some time. Well, thanks, Steve. And on behalf of all the Cowboys and uh, past and present, thanks for what you're doing for rodeo and everything you've done in the past and what you'll continue to do to grow our sport. Well, I appreciate it, Roy. Uh, you're doing a lot to grow the sport next weekend, September 28th, 29th, and 30th. A brand new rodeo, the finals of the PRCA playoff series called the Governor's Cup in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, 
we just got done with Puyallup. Puyallup had 24 contestants per event and about 600, 650,000 in prize money. You got half the contestants, 12 and twice the money. This thing's going to be really big, Rory. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know if everybody knows exactly how big it is, but when you talk on the, the grand scope of things, and I bring this up all the time, the biggest rodeo in South Dakota is Deadwood, South Dakota. It's a fabulous rodeo right in the heart of the Black Hills. It has $88,000 added. Big rodeo. It's fun. Doing Cheyenne. This one's got $1.1 million. Uh, it's right right behind San Antonio, the fourth biggest rodeo in the world. Houston, Calgary, San Antonio. This rodeo. This rodeo is projected to grow. Um, what makes it unique is what you just said, Steve. 12 contestants that's earned their right in the playoffs to be here at the 60 biggest rodeos. Man, it's it's a monster move right now for those guys. The top four out of Puyallup plus the top eight in the PRCA's playoff standings. Is that the and if there's there's overlap, then you start going down in the playoff series. Is that the the accurate way of describing who's going to be there? That is correct. And and we watched it play out. Um, so after Puyallup the other day, they had two rodeos, of course, the great Pendleton roundup in Abilene, Texas. And we were watching people run back to Abilene because it was close in the standings. And, uh, you know, we saw some great stories of people vaulting their way in. You know, a Jacob Lees that gets in in the bareback riding. Um, we saw some heartbreak. Um, Cash Wilson had an outside shot in the bronc riding. He got bumped to the crying hole and he's one out. And Sage Newman won the round and had to to get into the top 15. And, and Levi Lord, another South Dakota, he missed up like 1.3 points. Um I think you'll see contestants realize the value of going to the big tour rodeos. Um, it's going to change how people enter rodeos from here on out. Well, and what's interesting about that, you mentioned a couple of names there, Sage Newman. He's either been number one or number two in the world standings all year. Levi Lord spent some time as number one in the world standings, uh, roping behind Dustin Agasquiza. Um, And so while I think for the most part, the playoff standings, reflect the world standings they don't always reflect the world standings is that fair to say yeah, that, yeah that's 100 accurate you know you can win money other ways at rodeo and at smaller rodeos only 60 of the 600 rodeos count to get here just happens to be the 60 biggest rodeos you know the houston's the san antones the san angelos the pendletons so you know it's a long year it's a grind to get to the national finals rodeo um, we think this adds a level of excitement, hopefully put some money in their pocket. Cause I'll tell you, these guys fighting to get the NFR, as you know, Steve, it drains a lot of money this time of the year. It, it's, uh, it's tough getting all over the country and you have to, I mean, we're watching a play out right now in the, in the bareback ride. Cole Franks didn't make it here. I don't think Sam Peterson, the, the entries aren't closed till 12 today, but a young man named Jacob Lees did get in. He's behind them guys. Rounds pay ten thousand dollars a round. There's two rounds of that, twenty-five thousand if you win it. So forty-five thousand total. You can definitely make a move from the back. But saying that, top twelve guys in the world pretty much are here. It's pretty tough to get a check here. You got you got to be on your A game. You got to draw good. Are there a few cases you and I talked yesterday about Casey Field, for example, who only went to about twenty rodeos this year? He will not be in Sioux Falls. There are some contestants that maybe won't be in Sioux Falls um, that we'll see at the national finals rodeo, but by the same token, 
for Jacob Lees in particular, this thing could pay $45,000 to win it. And that is a, that's not just a move in the world standings. That's a monstrous move in the world standings. You know, it really is. And, and the calf open to Luke Potters in that same position. He's just outside of there. Ken Cade moved past him this weekend. So many in, so many outs. And, and, and it, it is going to change how you make the national finals rodeo and how you get there. Not saying Casey Fields the greatest that I've ever laid eyes on. So if Casey decides to go to these last yeah. few rodeos in California and Omaha, Nebraska, he's liable to win them all. You know, he's that good. Um, but there's also Cole Franks, who was out a lot of the years. Everybody's wondering why Cole Franks is down. Well, Cole Franks missed half the year, and he's been gaining ground like mad. He just come up short of not being in the top four. Uh, he barely got into Pialop, had to be in the top 24, and then he missed the short round by one hole. The short round automatically gets you here to Sioux Falls. So um, there's, there's, there is a few that's not going to be here, but for the most part, I'd say we have 90% of the national finals talent in Sioux Falls. Yeah, it's a star-studded lineup no matter what. So let me ask you about um, some of the structural things behind the scenes. I have never had – Rory, you and I have been friends for a long time. I'm embarrassed to admit I've never had a chance to be personally at one of the events you produce. But everybody I talk to, everybody I know, um, everything that I've watched on television that you put on, you produce these things to the nth degree, and they are beautiful productions. And I'm just so thrilled to see what comes out of Sioux Falls. Talk a little bit about the behind the scenes of making this thing all come together as a brand new event, uh, a never before event in the Denny Sanford Center there in Sioux Falls. Yeah, thanks, Steve. I, I appreciate the compliment. And and I get a lot of backpats and, and I try to do stuff a little bit different than most people. Um, but I truly have a big, big team helping me put this together. Um, this is the closest thing you're going to see to the national finals rodeo in a building, in my opinion. Um, and don't get me wrong, there's some great ones. Houston, San Angelo, Texas is, is another close example in an older building. This building in Sioux Falls, the Danny Sanford uh, building is some sort of spectacular. It is state-of-the-art. It is, every seat is right upon you. Um, I did things in a different way. It'll look like the national finals when we first moved to Las Vegas. Um, it'll have the moat. Uh, we had a moat at uh, NFR several years ago when we just moved to town. The reason I did this is I wanted to get as close to the same dimensions as you'll see at the national finals rodeo. Every seat will set up over the crowd, uh, over them panel. So you look straight down upon it. it. It's, you know, all the new buildings are that nice. Um, we got scoreboards coming in. We'll have, of course, the center jumbotron and I got scoreboards setting right behind and a few surprises that <laughs> they probably haven't done in the world of rodeo yet. Um, but it takes a tremendous team, you know, Jessica Whalert with Cinch, uh, Dana Nathan over there, Garrett Yerrigan, Garrison Panzer. Those guys have worked on this year round now. And, um, you know, I'll show up there with pretty close to a hundred workers. Um, it's not the 300 and some like the national finals rodeo, but I'll have a hundred workers, 15 different stock contractors from throughout the world. Uh, the, the steers and calves, uh, the doggers and the calf ropers are coming from Texas. Uh, the team ropers coming from Matt Zancanella right down the road in that group that he works with. Um, them guys will go through the cattle just like the NFR. 
the event reps, Bradley Harder and Caleb Bennett and Cody Rostocki picked all the livestock. So we took the same format as the national finals rodeo, and that's what we're following. I was with Garrett Yerrigan at the rodeo in Hermiston, Oregon. I had the privilege of announcing uh, the Farm City Pro Rodeo with Garrett, and he and he and Benji Bendeley were talking about all the different things are going to happen in that building, and that was in August, and the plans were well underway for big crowds and for a lot of high tech. And I, I just think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Talk about um, the support you've gotten from the state. The, the event is called the governor's cup. And I had the privilege um, on the cowboy channel, not long ago of interviewing the governor, Christine Ohm of the state of South Dakota, talking about this rodeo of course, rodeos in her blood and her background, but how much support have you gotten from the state? Couldn't do it without the state of South Dakota. So uh, full disclosure, how this come about, a uh, man named Sean Decker. And this is why um, you should listen to anybody and everybody that's interested in rodeo. Sean Decker works for the Texas Rangers. He was a large part of saving the national finals rodeo, the COVID year and, and why we had it in, in Ranger stadium. But Sean had this idea and said, you know, we, we need a playoffs. So we all got together in the boardroom a couple of years ago in the baseball stadium and started developing this plan. And then, we started putting feelers out, where can this go? And, and of course, all the big cities were putting in for it. You know, they have the budgets to do that. I made a call to Lieutenant Governor Larry Roden. Said, man, it's, you know, rodeo so big in South Dakota. We don't have professional football teams. Um, we don't have we don't have the population to get the national finals rodeo. But this is the closest thing we can get. Would you please um, tell Governor Nome this is a big opportunity for our state? within the hour phone rings and said, what do we got to do? Let's hear your guys' story. We assembled the PRCA who was involved with this all along. Tom Glaus was there and Steve Rampless and Steve Knowles and, and the Texas Rangers flew up. I flew up and the state, the tourism was there. Economic development was there. And they just said, we need this. We can do this for our people in South Dakota. And we want to show us the forefront and, um, the governor, I, I, I just, um, I don't want a loser to be president of the United States, <laughs> but if she was running this country, it'd be a hell of a lot different. She is a no nonsense. She's not worried about stepping on toes. She just wants to do the right thing. And uh, I've got nothing but respect for her and what she's did for the state and bringing this event here was over the top good. It's interesting that you say the Texas Rangers are involved. And, and you mentioned the COVID year, Rory. In the COVID year, um, the Texas Rangers baseball team was huge and really helping to save that year in professional rodeo. And the state of South Dakota was huge in helping to save that year in the world of professional rodeo. Big rodeos um, happened. All but one that were normally held in South Dakota happened in the state of South Dakota. South Dakota has really been, I think, on the forefront of hosting a bunch of great rodeos. But certainly during the COVID year, South Dakota was ginormous. It was. And, and it started by her not restricting us, you know, making personal freedom choices. And and that has always been her uh, her motto. You know, the citizens will lead. Too much government is too much. And, and that's what we did. Everybody took a responsibility. And, and you know as well as me, South Dakota is an interesting um, 
you, you start talking about the Black Hills Stock Show and the Summer Rodeo in Rapid City, the Range Days. The Black Hills Roundup at Belfouche is historic. Yakima Canut rode a horse that couldn't be rode there. The days of 76 is magnificent. You swap sides, and you know, because you're the announcer there. Clear Lake, South Dakota is beyond special. Yeah. It is a special setting with people coming in there enjoying rodeo like it should be. And I think on a smaller example, it's a little bit like with different things. It's a little bit like Ellensburg and Pendleton. It's a tradition to come there and be part of it and bring your kids back. They went there as little kids. Now they want to bring their kids back there. And and Mitchell, South Dakota's got a great rodeo, the Corn Palace. Aberdeen, South Dakota's on a Monday, Tuesday. They sell out, for crying out loud, in a little outdoor arena. So rodeos are sport. Um, they're going to make me work at Sioux Falls. We're in an urban area. We have a lot of great rodeos. So a lot of people, this is new. What's this going to be? I just say uh, buy a ticket, come out and see. It's going to change how you look at rodeo. Um, Roy, before I let you go, let me ask you about, um, you mentioned 15 stock contractors. Um, I know that you have been working hand and number one, I know how much your, your family loves the riding events and, and, uh, you know, has a special love for great bulls and great bucking horses. But let me ask you about that stock selection process. How long has that been going on? Uh, you mentioned you were working hand in hand with the, with the riding event representatives. Um, what's. 15 contractors, 12 guys per night. You don't need a lot of animals, but that does mean you can bring the best of the best in, right? Yeah, thanks. So um, I personally have enough stock. I can do this like any other rodeo. This is not any other rodeo. We wanted to hand select, and, and the, the short answer is about five months we've been going through stock. And what I did is all the contractors reached out to me and said they'd like to showcase their animals. Rory Lemel didn't select any of them. The event reps selected them. So I, I called the event reps and said, these are the guys interested in going. Can you put me together? And even, even rough stock pen. And they said, yes, we can. And they went to it. Trust me, 15, 16 contractors, a little bit of a headache for three day rodeo. We, I rented the whole fairgrounds, yeah. the fairgrounds down there. And we got stock everywhere. Kenny Berenger will be over that looking through things for me and watching the livestock. And then as far as the timed events, I, you know, probably what makes mine a little bit different. Um, I believe in the timed events just as much as the rough stock. So reached out to their event reps and said, bring me the best livestock I can. And in their opinion, JJ uh, Miller had the best bulldog and steers and Lana Mangold had the best calf roping. So I'm sending a truck to, uh, Millsap, Texas. They're going to meet me there with some livestock, and that's going to cost me another twelve thousand in trucking alone. But in return, I want it to look like the national finals. There's so much money. I want to give them an even shot. So, I think at both ends of the arena, we are set up for uh, screen livestock and the best of the best against the best of the best. I don't want it to be a drawn contest. I want it to be a riding roping contest. The format, everybody goes twice and then an eight and a four. Is that the way it goes? Correct. So you can win money in the rounds, 10000 to win the round each night. You come back out of the average, so the bottom four guys will be cut off there. And then an eight and a four, similar to the old Ram National Circuit Finals or what, what do we call it now? The, the NFR Open. It's the pretty NFR similar Open. to that format. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, if you make it to the eight round, you don't get into the four. You still pick up a $2,500 and something check out of that eight round. And then in the four, you you, you get into that big money. Rory, I, you, we are, as you and I are talking, we're a week and a half away from this thing. Um, and I, I, I hate the question of, are you ready? But do you feel like you're ready or are you, you lied awake at night going, okay, what do I need to do here? What do I need? How, how, how are you feeling about this, this whole thing as you're, as, as we're just a little more than a week away? Well, Steve, as you know, I'm a promoter and a producer. I never feel ready. I've got stuff going on in several yeah. spots. Uh, I think my team probably ready. why all these events are so well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think my team is ready. You know, we're going through the whole program now. I'm booking buildings in the eastern side of the United States for another tour I do. But um, the team is ready. We're ready. Um, I fly to Fort Worth to do a TV show tonight. Be back tomorrow night. And then I'll load up and go to Sioux Falls and we'll start the pen building at the arena. Um, already been on. There's a couple of, uh, oh, we got it's always surprising when you do the the different people i see blake shelton was in pendleton um we got a couple yeah. movie stars that are coming want to come watch the rodeo so they're flying in world's strongest man i mean it's interesting there's a lot of different aspects when you start doing a rodeo of this size we're ready we're ready to put on a show and get these guys right geared up for the national finals rodeo and for saying it i damn sure can do it without I damn sure couldn't do it without Cinch. They wrote a ginormous check. The state of South Dakota wrote a ginormous check. And you know what was great? The national sponsors of the PRCA stepped up in such a big way. From from Ram to Pre yeah. for to Resist All. I could go on and on. Las Vegas events. Everybody stepped up. Contrary to belief, they want the Cowboys to make a lot of money. They want our sport to grow. And that maybe is the coolest thing that I've seen come out of this. Yeah, I, I, I and then, uh, awesome. another great story. Yeah. We got a, a Premier Bank in South Dakota. Um, Dana Dykhouse uh, runs uh, Premier Bank, which is Denny Sanford owns these couple different entities down there. And Dana, the football stadium is reached out, named after him in South Dakota State. The Jackrabbits uh, were national champions, and he called me personally and said, "We want to make this thing go in South Dakota and Dangshire and Sioux Falls. How can I help?" Here's my checkbook. And wow. just like our national sponsors, that's that's you don't always get that everywhere you go. Yeah, I believe that. And trust me, folks, that's true. Last question, Roy. The logistics are about to really kick in. Um, you've got to you've got to haul in the arena. You've got to haul in dirt. You've got to haul in sound. You've got to haul in lights. You've got to. Um, I would people who don't do this for a living be surprised at how much is about to happen at the Denny Sanford Center. Um, that they will never see. Um, I, I remember when we were showing the timeline on the Cowboy Channel of the transformation of Texas Rangers Stadium into a stadium for the NFR in 2020. It was an amazing thing to watch. Um, that's about to happen at the Denny Sanford Center, right? Yeah, and, and thanks for bringing That's a great question. I mean, there's people that put on rodeos, and this will sound arrogant or like I'm a know-it-all, but um, there's a few people in this world that know how to do things at this level there is an unbelievable amount of lights that are fixing to go and scoreboards and just things that you do not see as the average fan even if you put on rodeos for a living that goes into a rodeo of this caliber 
the national finals, what makes it great? Them guys have a dedicated staff that work on it year round, right? And, and the PRCA is heavily involved. This is a major undertaking. There is hours and hours and union hands and people coming from all over to make this thing happen behind the scenes that uh, I'll get the back pat for, but it's truly the, the hard workers that are doing all the work. Uh, Rory, I can't wait to see how it turns out. Uh, September 28th, 29th, September 30th, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Denny Sanford Center. I'm sure that tickets are available all over the place online. It should be very easy to find them if you want to go, buy a ticket, be there, watch this happen. If somebody sweeps the whole rodeo, they could win $45,000. What a game changer it could be. Not just for getting into the NFR, but perhaps for how the NFR field will look when the first performance starts on December the 7th um, and who's got a cushion and who just made up a big bunch of ground. There are going to be all kinds of storylines come out of this, Rory. You and I can't predict any of them, but there are going to be a whole bunch of storylines come out of this thing, I'm sure. Yeah, I, it's just, you know, we've been running through scenarios and um, like I said, we can't predict it. We just got to watch it unfold. Thanks to Rory Lemmel. That's the story on the Governor's Cup, September 28th, 29th, and 30th. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Keep an eye on social media. Keep an eye on ProRodeo.com. You'll be able to watch the rodeo, of course, on television starting Thursday, September the 28th. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, talk about selling horses. John and Shane Phillip will join us. The Phillip Ranch's big production sale, October 7th, Bryan, Texas. We'll get all the details on that. I'm always interested in how the horse market is doing, what's happening in the horse business. Big Phillip Ranch production sale is coming up. Bryan, Texas, October the 7th. Steve Friskip will be the auctioneer. We'll talk to John and Shane Phillip about that coming up. You're listening to the Steve Kenyon Podcast. Prefer is proud to introduce Estate Fencing. This unique all-metal fence uses the same swedge connecting rail as our popular Ponderosa fence, allowing it to flow beautifully along the contour of your land. With rails and posts constructed from galvanized material covered with an architectural grade powder coat finish, it resists fading, rust, and other outdoor conditions. This fence is strong enough to last a lifetime and safe enough to house livestock. Best of all, no welding required. For more information, visit prefertfence.com. Hi, everybody. This is Steve Kenyon. Thanks for all of your support of our 8 Seconds Media radio shows, the new Steve Kenyon podcast, and our social media sites. Now you can wear 8 Seconds Media wherever you go. Just visit the 8 Seconds Media store, ball caps in some fun colors, T-shirts in all sizes for men and women, and with fall coming, we've got some warm hoodies waiting for you. Just click on the shop link at 8secondsmedia.com. You're listening to the Steve Kenyon Podcast. Thank you to our friends at Resist All, the best all around. We wear it every day. Resist All, proud sponsors of the Resist All Rookie of the Year Award. Those uh, awards will be determined when Pro Rodeo's regular season comes to an end on September the 30th, which is just a few days away from right now. October the 7th, Bryan, Texas, big horse sale, the Phillip Ranch Annual Production Sale. John and Shane Phillip, two brothers, you've watched them team rope all over the country. They're focusing more now on the family horse business and uh, they gave me a few minutes of their time to tell us what to expect and how the horse market is doing here's more with john and shane phillip um this is you got your your next month or so john you guys are going to be swamped with with this big sale getting ready for right 
Yes, sir. I mean, we're we're looking forward to it. It's going to be, you know, this is the busy time for us. You know, everybody gets to, you know, we do a week with the preview where people can come in and check some horses out. And, but just, you know, mainly getting the horses ready. You know, we've been getting them ready for a year but or years, but, you know, mainly this next month's kind of crunch time. Yeah. So, Shane, tell me about uh, the, the numbers of horses and – basically what you you guys are ropers you you you've roped together a bunch of times but tell me about what you're hoping these what what tell me about the numbers to start with at your 11th annual production sale we got 40 head of horses in the sale this year i think 25 or so of them are head horses so that that tells you a lot on how big and how big the size of our horses are and stuff that we've raised and uh <clears throat> We're, it, we got really everything that, you know, if you want a horse that was started or a horse that's finished, we got, we have, we can meet all, everything that you're looking for and that kind of stuff. You know, um, and John were talking the other day and we thought as a whole, this is probably the best set of horses we, we've ever brought to the sale. So that's kind of, you know, we're pretty excited about them. Um, and are they, these are all your horses. They're out of your bloodlines. Um, if you look through your website and things like that, John, you see four really cool stallions, big, stout, good-looking um, horses. Talk about the bloodlines and talk about that. You know, most of these horses are out of our are by our studs. You know, we we have. Um, you know, my parents had a stud that was by Dunn Commander out of a kind of a running mare, rocket rocket bar kind of mare. That was kind of the foundation of our breeding uh, stuff. So the the studs we have now, we have a couple sons of him, uh, one black stud that's a Curtis Dracula, and the other one is Curtis Dunn Dunnett. They're full brothers, but we have those two studs, and then we have a um, a son of one time Pepto and a son of of clean and uh, clean and shiny. You know, so. And we've taken some of those daughters of the old stud and crossed back on the one-time Pepto stud and the clean and shiny. And then there's some, we owned a, a son, a cat itchy, and we sold him to our aunt. So we still have that bloodline in some of these colts you see now. So, you know, what what we've tried to do is, you know, take some of the old, old blood and kind of put some new spin on it, but still try to maintain the size, you know, because we are, you know, we want to rope and run barrels or, you know, they're performance horses, right. you know, so that's what we're trying to, you know, have the right kind of structure, shape, foot, bone, stuff like that, you know. So, and there is a few horses that me and Shane still will buy a few horses through the years. if We see a colt we like or something like that and train it. So there's some horses that aren't by our stud, but kind of go back to the same you know, we kind of like riding the same bloodlines, you know. Yeah. Shane, when you guys talk about, like, one-time Pepto, that speaks a little bit to me of performance horse, of raining or rain cow horse and things like that. Are there is there some of that bloodline in there, too? Yeah, the one-time Pepto stud that we do have, his mama actually win, the, win 75000 in the cow horse. Yeah, you know, so that they go right back to the that that line. You know, his maternal side goes right back to the cow horse side. And there, there's a lot of. I mean, you you look at, for example, the uh, the Ray horse race. I forget his his name. Brady Miner roped on that was one of the top 
um, heel horses for a long time. There's a lot of performance horse crossing over into the team open business. That's right. That, that's right. You know, and, and, you know, now everything's getting so specialized in the breeding and stuff like that. We just know, you know, really, Steve, you got to have the, the good mares. I mean, we've rode a lot of these mares that we kick in the broodmare band. So we know, you know, not to say it's going to be a for sure deal, but we do, you know, we're not just throwing mares out there that, that we don't know anything about. We've rode them and try to cross this to make this better. Right. You, you know, it's just a, it takes a long time. You know, people don't realize you go to raising these horses. It takes, you know, it takes years and years to, you know, a lot of times by the time you find the perfect cross, that mare's old and the stud's old. But that's what we, me and Shane have tried to carry on from what our parents have done is to, to try to get the, we try to raise horses that we want to ride, you know, that we would compete on and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Guys, I want to talk about the schedule and, and how this all goes because you got a big World Series qualifying roping in addition to the sale. But, Shane, talk a little bit about the family background and the history and how you guys got to a point where you're able to put on this kind of and this caliber of a sale. Really, our uh, our mom and dad have built all this. They, they built it, <clears throat> to be honest. You know, my dad he used to go out in the panhandle and buy a bunch of horses and come back and train them and sell them. And then the guy where those horses were getting more scarce, my mom had a mare. She won a lot on in the barrel racing world. And uh, John White had done Commander, and he'd give her a breeding of that horse. And that's where all the, the breeding started because she got that stud, and then they went to collecting mares, and then it's grown from there. And I, I believe that they sold a lot of good horses. You know, like the first horse that uh, won the PRCA Head Horse of the Year come from our dad. So that <clears throat> that Matt Tyler had. So, I mean, it's just, we just, basically we've kept it going, you know. And now it's gotten where, hell, we got 50 brood mares and four studs. And it's a full-time job now. Yeah. But we look forward to this sale every year and bring get to bring our horses to town and people get the bomb and go enjoy them. I keep thinking I've got a lot of horses at home, and then I hear you guys talk about 50 broodmares <laughs> and all those studs. All of a sudden, I realize I don't have that big a program. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's dang sure a, a full-time job. And, you know, you go to, you know, weaning colts and two-year-old, you know, just like, you know, I have a lot of people call me and and asked me, you know, what's this horse going to bring? I mean, these, these horses are kind of like our ranchers calf crop to us. I mean, we're going to, you know, we sell this set and we move on to the, you know, you just start right back over, you know? Yeah. Um, so tell me about the starting September 23rd, people can come see the horses. You actually want them to come to the ranch, right? Right. We, well, you set it up by appointment. Uh, what they can do, they can come in here and, you know, we'd like to tell them, hey, since there's 40 horses, you know, tell us, hey, if there's lot, the lot numbers you're kind of interested in, and then they can come watch me and Shane rope on them and, you know, kind of get familiar with the horse and see what they're, you know, what they have a chance to, to purchase and, and, you know, get a little up close and personal view of the horse, you know, not just get to see him one day at a sale real fast. They can kind of see where he's at in his training and kind of go go on from there, you know. And then you got a big roping going on in conjunction with the sale too, right, Shane? Yes, sir. We have a World Series roping in conjunction with it. 
And that's like, is this one of the last big World Series Ropens before the, the, the big finals in Las Vegas in December? That's right. That's right. It's a, it's a last chance kind of qualifier. That week is kind of the last week before, you know, qualify to go to Vegas for, for this year. Huh. Sale itself, either online or in person. Um, I, I don't think you can put on an auction anymore without having the opportunity to bid online. So folks can bid from all over the world, right? Right. Now, this is the first year we're going to use CCI. Uh, they're going to do our online bidding. We've never done it before, but we've always taken phone bids. You know, I hooked if somebody was in the Northwest or, you know, Florida or wherever, I'd hook them up with one of the girls of workforce and they could bid online. But this year we're going to probably do a little of that still, but we're going to have CCI handled online, uh, you know, so you can have a chance to watch the preview there, watch the sale there. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be, they're going to handle all that, but you know, and then the seventh, we have a meet and greet there at Brazos County Expo and Brian, the preview starts at three and then Steve Frisco, Sells our sale, and we'll start that at 6.30. The sale starts at 6.30. Awesome. Uh, and that's all in Bryan, Texas, at the Brazos County Expo Center. What have I missed, guys? What else is going on that I haven't talked about, uh, Shane? Anything? I think we covered about all of it, really. You know, I, I think so, too. You know, I, I think that this is, like Shane said earlier, I think this is a good selection of horses. You know, I think there's a lot of Riata Buckle-eligible horses. You know, that's going to be a big roping. Uh, in November with a lot of added money, you know, so a lot of these horses are, are eligible for that roping. Uh, there's some Royal crown horses hmm. in the incentive, you know, so a lot of maturity aged horses. I mean, I think it's just a good, you know, I think we got a real fancy set of horses. There's some yearlings, brood mares, you know, so we kind of try to fit, you know, a broad base of customers, you know, yeah. so to see what they need, you know. Are those guys? Are those stallion incentives as big in the team roping? My family's in the barrel racing business, and it's it seems to me it's getting more and more that you know you don't buy a horse unless you've got some kind of a stallion incentive eligible um, opportunity with with these horses. Is that getting as big in the team roping business too? I think so. I mean, the Riata Buckle is wrong. It's just like the pink buckle now now everybody if you don't have a horse that's eligible to go that roping yeah you know they won't hardly even look at him yeah it's getting me that way yeah well it's uh it's the evolution of the sport and it's making everybody a lot of money so that's a good thing yeah, um, I, I think it's good for the horse industry you know i mean i think this riata buckle and the royal crowns and the faturities you know used to in the team roping world you know these guys they didn't want a horse until he's eight, nine, ten years old now, you know, with the faturities and the stud incentives and all that. I mean, you have our ropers kind of buying three, four-year-old horses and sending yeah. them out to boys to rope on. And, I mean, I think it's it's a good time to be in the, the yeah. horse business. Well, and the other thing about it, and this is totally off the subject of your sale, but I'm just – because you guys are in the business, I want to hear your thoughts about it, Shane, um, is – the the rope you know the, the the futurity business was has been really big in the barrel racing business for a long time it is now becoming a big 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 time part of the of the team roping business that's got to be good for guys like you that are in the team roping horse business oh it's great for us you know because <clears throat> we can take them to town and go rope on them compete on them at the futurities and 
and it's a place to take a young horse to compete against his same age class, you know, instead of taking him right to the rodeo and him being five years old and everybody else is riding their horse has been all for two or three years and you season him, you can go season him and you can see where he's at in his training too. Yeah. So I, I really do believe the securities are helping what we're doing. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's a, it's gotta be a great part of what you guys are able to do with these horses. Um, guys, I appreciate it. October 7th, Bryan, Texas, Brazos County Expo Center, the Phillip Ranch, 11th annual production horse sale, uh, 40 great horses. There's a big world series rope on October 5th through the 7th. Uh, you can go look at the horses September 23rd through the 30th guys. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. We appreciate you. Thanks to Shane and John Phillip. The Phillip Ranch Big Production Sale is October the 7th in Bryan, Texas. That should be a very, very big day for the uh, Phillip Ranch. Steve Friskip, the auctioneer, I've had a chance to meet Steve, uh, does a great job. I like to wrap up the show every week with my top three. Here is Steve's top three for this uh, next in the last week of the month of September. The number three spot, rookies continue to light up the scoreboard in the bareback riding. Dean Thompson won the Pendleton Roundup, locked up his spot at the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, went into Pendleton number 14th in the world standings. If the NFR started right now, three of the top 15 bareback riders, Keenan Hayes, Cade Saunier, and Dean Thompson would be in that Rookie of the Year race. Sam Peterson sitting 17th, Jason Frost 21st, Nick Pelkey 24th, so six of the top 25 in the bareback riding world standings are rookies this year in the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association. Of course, Resist All proudly sponsors that Resist All Rookie of the Year Award. Number two on my list of the top three stories from last week, Stetson Wright lighting up the scoreboard. He has broken the record he set last year for money won in the bull riding, and uh, he won $129,839 in the first 18 days of September. That includes big money at the Extreme Bull Riding event in Ellensburg, Washington. Of course, about $30,000, $31,000 at the Extreme Finale in Pendleton, Oregon. He turned around and won the Pendleton Roundup. $129,839 for Stetson Wright in 18 days in September. That used to be a really good rodeo season. Still would be a really good rodeo season for a lot of guys. And my number one story, congratulations to some really good friends and colleagues in the rodeo announcing business. The PRCA has announced its contract personnel, the guys that will be announcing the National Finals Rodeo and the National Finals Steer Roping. First of all, let me say a big thank you. I will be working the Steer Roping Finals alongside Jody Carper. The National Finals Steer Roping coming to the Kansas Star Arena in Mulvane, Kansas, November 17th and 18th. It's Jody's ninth appearance at the National Finals Steer Roping. Of course, it'll be my first. Looking forward to it. National Finals Rodeo, the voices you will hear December the 7th through the 16th at the Thomas and Mac in Las Vegas. Randy Corley's 23rd appearance at the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. He'll be joined by Roger Mooney, the seventh time Rogers announced the NFR, and Andy Seiler from Florida. Congratulations to Andy. His second time to announce the National Finals Rodeo. The first one you might remember was 2020, the COVID year when the National Finals Rodeo was at Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas. The Steve Kenyon Podcast this afternoon has been presented by Wrangler Long Live Cowboys. Thank you to the Justin Boot Company, the standard of since 1879 unbeatable feeds resist all prefer and we say a big thank you to all of you 
for listening to the Steve Canyon Podcast. This is episode number nine. We'll do it again. Episode number 10 coming up next week as we get to look forward to the final week of the rodeo regular season. Some big events coming up outside of professional rodeo, things like the Ring Cow Horse World and Cutting and Reining Horse World. We'll talk about that coming up as well. Thanks for joining us. God bless everybody. I'm Steve Kenyon. This is the Steve Kenyon Podcast.